The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. In the study of the near-death experience, childhood NDEs are especially interesting because they are much less likely to be affected by religion and cultural expectations. Our guest today, Ingrid Honkala, Ph.D., was born in Bogota, Colombia, where she grew up with her parents and three sisters. From the moment she drowned in a tank of cold water at the age of two, Ingrid was aware of other dimensions of life than those most people normally experience. She was also gifted with the input of beings of light who gave her invaluable insights and assistance as she faced the challenges of growing up, falling in love, and finding her professional destiny as a research scientist and oceanographer. Despite many hardships, Ingrid has become a successful marine scientist, world traveler, a mom, and also a mentor and a giver of light. She's the author of A Brightly Guided Life, How a Scientist Learn to Hear Her Inner Wisdom. Ingrid, welcome to NDE Radio. Thank you, Lee. It's such an honor to be here with you today. Well, it was great meeting you and hearing your story at the Labor Day weekend IONS conference in Seattle. And I'm so happy you can be here to tell your story on NDE Radio. Yes, I am just like just said, so honored, so blessed to be to be part of all this and be able to share all this light with all of the people that is there to listen. Yes. Well, why don't we start with uh, what caused your NDE at, at two years old? Okay, this, this just happened as a result of me falling into a tank filled with frigid water when I was almost three. Uh, what happened that day was my parents uh, usually left for work very early in the morning, and we were left at the care of the maid. And she's supposed to be taking care of us that morning, but she decided to go to her room and lie there, and, and my sister and I being just the kids that we were, just almost three and almost four, decided that we were going to sneak into the patio and, and play catch across a tank. At the time in Colombia, there was we didn't have a washing machine, so this tank, the purpose of this tank was uh, for hand washing clothes. And my my experience and my memories about all these are so vividly that I remember with absolute clarity even the ball that we were playing with, the texture of it, because it had like engraved letters on it. So we decided that he sat on one side of the town where, where the, the clothes are hand washed. So that was safer. It was just a flat surface. But I decided to go on the other side where there was a very thin edge. So I went on, on my, I just kind of leaned there and, and we started to throw the ball at each other. And when my sister threw the ball to me, I, was going to grab it and it rolled on the surface of the water and I just lost my balance and fell into the tank. Mm. And at that age, I did not have any idea that if you fall into water, you drown. So while I was going through the most 
terrifying and shocking moment of my life where I was just fighting to breathe, fighting to get, just get out of this tank. Suddenly, I went for, from that absolute moment of terror to one of complete and absolute joy, peace, freedom. It, it was just like, oh, such an amazing state of well-being. And while I was experiencing this, this state, suddenly I just saw a light. Like, a, like if the light of a candle had been ignited and that was enough to illuminate all my watery surrounding. And I just started to see bubbles suspended in the water and I just like, whoo, started to follow these bubbles. Then I saw a body suspended in the water and the eyes were open and I just realized that Somehow I knew that that was my body. Mm. And because I was born as, as a very sick child and, and I spent the first three years of my life feeling very, very unwell, when I saw the body, I just felt like, no, I'm not going back there. Because the sense of well-being I was experiencing was such that I, I don't want to go back to that body. And now I was free to do it. <laughs> I was yes. experiencing this amazing, amazing freedom. So at that moment, I turned around and left. And while I was leaving, I started to see flowers that were blooming from nowhere. It was mm. the most amazing just flowers. And then suddenly I was just kind of lifted and carried by these flowers. Then I was just being like, like, um, being just carried like in a forward direction and I could see like a a lot of light, like a big source of light in the horizon. But then just like that, just in, in, in just an instant, I appeared in the maid's room and I saw her from above and she was lying on her bed and my memory of this whole experience is so clear, like I said before, that I can even remember that of opera she was listening in the radio <laughs> <laughs> yes and she was lying on her bed I just looked at her she was completely unaware of what was happening and from mm. there just like that again I appeared in my mom's path she was like walking to her work and she was about 10 minutes from the house and, and when I saw her I'm like oh that's mom Mm-hmm. And at that moment, this is amazing because this is this connection that we're unaware of, Lee, but she felt like something was going wrong at home with one of her daughters. Yes. And she just decided to turn around and she started to run. She just had wow. this urge, like, I have to be home. Mm-hmm. Then she started to run back home. And at that moment, I just got distracted by the realization that wherever I put my mind, I could go. And it was like time and space had vanished for me, and I was just, wow, playing this game of going places. And while I was playing this game of, like, like thinking about something and appearing there, suddenly again, just, just like that, I appeared in a realm that was completely made of, pure, bright, shiny light. And I felt absolutely welcome. I felt that I was just 
coming back home. Like, like if I just had left that morning, it was like no time. And I was just coming back from a day of work. <laughs> and I was being welcomed and I was felt so loved. And even at that moment, I didn't really see any, anybody. I felt that I was not alone. And yes. then I had the, the realization at that moment that I was a being of light. Because until that moment, I just, just didn't think about it. Then now I realize, wow, I'm not that person. I'm not Ingrid. I am this being. And I started, at that moment, I started to fuse, to, to, to become one with the whole. And although I was still having a sense of self, it's like I was just vanishing. And from there, I experienced something that is, is impossible to describe. But the best way is, is just saying what it is not, because I experienced a sense of nothingness. Mm. And the only thing I can say about that is that is the absence of absolutely everything we know with our senses and, and with our minds. It was a state in which there was no color, no movement, form, no texture, sound, no feeling. There was no meaning, no concept. And and while I was just in this state, suddenly my mom, who was just finally just arriving home, when she got there, although we live in a big house, she knew exactly where to go. And she directly directed herself to the back of the house where there was a patio. And there, my oldest sister was leaning in the tank, and, and she was too little to, to help me. She was actually, she made an effort to, to try to reach me, but she just couldn't. And But thanks to her, my mom knew that there was something, that I was in the tank. She looked at my mom and she said, Ingrid is there and I cannot help her. My mom got in the tank, she got me out. I was like a raggedy doll. She said there was no pulse, there was no breathing, but my mom was trained CPR and she just started to revive me. And at that moment, I was so detached already. I was not concerned at all with this reality that I didn't feel absolutely anything. Mm. But... Like some people say they were told to come back or something like this. None of that happened to me. I just felt like suddenly like I was jumping from the tallest, tallest building in the world. And like I just felt that vacuum feeling like when, when you jump from a big tower or from an airplane. And that feeling was like something pulling me back. Like I was being like vacuum back into this reality and to this body, something I could not avoid. And then I knew I was back when all the feelings of like discomfort and cold and pain and fear were back. Yes. So, so you, that, that was pretty much what happened during the NDE. Do you think that, uh, I, I've asked this question of other people who've started into the light, do you think that we lose ourselves, that we lose our ego, that we lose our identity when we merge back into the light? Do we just become oh, part of God? Yes, yes, because I think it's not needed anymore. I think that the work of the ego is 
offer to us in, in this life as humans the possibility to have contrast. That yes. contrast that will make us or will force us to go back to, to awareness, to go back to, oh, oh there's something else here. This, this ego is actually giving us all these contrasts, or sometimes it turns into suffering, it turns into pain, but all of that is guiding us back to, look, look, there's something else. There's something else. Look. Look beyond. Yes. That's what some people have to go through, through terrible sickness or, or terrible things to finally say, you know, all this experience pushed me to change my mind, to change my perception. To realize that I have to look alive with different eyes, with with the eyes of love, with the eyes of compassion. So yes. all of that, yeah. So there's a function for the ego, and yeah, once we are out there, it's not needed anymore. We just merge. I thought it was very interesting that your mother was psychically aware that you were in trouble. That she must have psychic abilities uh, as well as you. Yeah, my mom is actually a very, very sensitive being. And through through time, I mean, once we started to kind of like understand each other, like when I was five years old, due to a bunch of drawings I used to do at a school, a teacher just was curious and she asked me like, oh, what is this? Because I used to paint auras around everything. And I started like figures around everything and she's like, are these the sun and the stars? I'm like, no, those are my friends, the beings of light. So thanks to all these, these drawings, my mom was called at school and she started to realize, oh, I get what is going on here. She's seeing things. Mm. And my mom just in front of the teacher was like, oh, nothing is happening. We'll solve it. But then she came to me and say, I, I believe you because I also see things that others don't. Yes. And what happened is that she's been seeing a spirit since she was five years old, but through her life she was asked, and she was punished if she would talk about that when she was little. So she completely concealed this and never really mentioned it to most of anybody until finally she started to, to be able to talk about it as, as she discovered this was happening to me and, and, and as we grew, I grew, and I started to, to bring all my family into all these and to spirituality. So, so yeah, my mom is, is an incredible, sensitive being. Now, you mentioned the beings of light. Tell us about that. That's absolutely, absolutely amazing, Lee, because it's when we realize that we're never, ever alone that we're always being taken care of. So what happened is that uh, after my NDE, I, I started to to have similar experiences to the one I experienced when when I nearly died in the sense that I was experiencing like changes in color and, and movements and sounds and things that I have never experienced in this realm of English. And at that age, I didn't know I was having out-of-body experiences. And I was being taken care to that, uh, taken back to that realm of the light that I experienced during my NDE. And, and, and all this was really confusing. And, and the whole thing was very confusing because when I came back, one, I, I was not happy. 
I feel so much freedom, so much joy there that I'm like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> so I was throwing big tantrums, and, and, and it, it, it was hard for my parents. You imagine a three-year-old, a four-year-old saying to, I used to say to my mom, Mom, you don't understand. This is not me. This is not my name. I should not be here. So in the, in the midst of, of throwing all, all these tantrums and, and all this happening, in, in one of these journeys that I was having, suddenly I, I was surrounded by, by light, like a starlight figure that were shining in all different colors. And I was like, wow, in this state of awe. And in one of the journeys, one of these stars-like figures turned itself into a human form. And it approached me and, and just kind of like touched me. And I realized, ah, you are a being of light. So what it did is just, it, it, it transformed so I could understand that, look, don't be afraid or, or we are the same. That it, it, was, it was a way to communicate with me in a way that I could understand. So after that, uh, it, it kept happening many more times, and and then I would say just uh, not long after that, one day I was just really relaxing, and, and I was taking taking a shower. I guess that that for me is the most relaxing time, and when you're relaxed, you, you're kind of higher in your vibration, and that moment of being of light appeared right there. It was it was a shiny, intense blue light, and I just like, oh, a being of light is here. So now I started to see them here also with my eyes open. And they started to appear often everywhere, and, and I started to heal and feel so well in their presence that now I just kind of, oh, things at home and, and, and with my parents and with, with the whole atmosphere started to feel more relaxed. But although I was feeling better, I was still throwing tantrums because I felt very detached from my persona, from my name. And, and there was a time where um, this was now a new maid, and, and she was calling me, Ingrid, come to eat, Ingrid, Ingrid. And I just, sometimes I would get very bothered about people calling me Ingrid. <laughs> and I turned to her and I said, don't call me like that. That is not my name. And she says, so, so what is your name? And I just would reply, I do not need one. Mm. So after that, uh, one of these big tantrums, the beings of light started to, to communicate with me. And it's just one of these journeys. And, and it said to me that it was going to take time for the people around me to, to understand. And they started to say to me, as, as you already know, as you have discovered, names are not needed in the realm of the light. So that was very big for me because then I started to have that clarity to understand, oh, I get it. There's something going on here. I was too little to comprehend that I was navigating between realms and that there was there was this realm of the, the, physic, the physical realm and that this was this realm of the light and that I was passing through both. So now I, it, things started to kind of make sense a little. And they started to say that all the experiences that I was having and the ones that I was going to have were all gifts and that they were given to me to help me and to help 
others. And did they yeah, that tell is, you? Did they tell yeah. you anything about your future? What was going to happen before you they, before you lived through it? Yeah, I mean, I, at, at that moment, they yeah. When I asked them, I, I didn't have the clarity how I could help anybody, but they said that I didn't need to worry because I was going to be guided, and that people was going to appear in my path to guide me and and to teach me. So so from there, they started to give me those little hints. So they were like, yeah, teachings will come, people will come, and and little by little through time, because of course they 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 also. I felt overwhelmed already. I used to just ask why I didn't come with a, a full manual. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this was a process. So little by little, they, they started to, to to show me and tell me things. And I started to have visions of what we call the future since I was four years old. So I, I, I started to see the things that were happening sometimes close or, or sometimes the things that didn't happen until 20, 30 years later. And, and just by like tightening the knots or just when the experience happened, I'll be like, wow, I knew this. Mm. I knew this. I knew this. So yeah, little by little, they started to, to show me what was to come and, and just make things clear for me as, as life, as I move through life. Did your mother have the ability to see these beings of light as well? No, see, see, that, that was, that was the big difference because I understand that everything, all of this is related with vibrational energy. So, like the beings of life said to me, nothing in the universe lacks purpose. So they said to me, my experience happened when I was so young. So I would, I mean, they said, they say in a way I was all enough remember but young enough not to be conditioned yet so since I didn't have all the conditioning of of my surrounding of of the all, all the social and, and maybe religious and, and and all the stuff that I supposed to believe or not believe I was able to to keep a vibrational energy that was very high Mm-hmm. But my mom already had a lot of conditioning in her life and a lot of things that she shouldn't and shouldn't do or say or be. So her vibrational energy was was lower than mine. So she could she could reach levels where she could see certain things, but she was never able to see what I was seeing. So it was a moment when she was when I first saw the the, the first spirit. I was six years old, and it frightened me because it was a different frequency energy and and I told my mom mom the spirits and the beings of light are not the same thing Mm. and she was shocked because she thought I was seeing the same thing she was and so at that moment she started to to understand and she said what I think you're you're seeing are are angels and I said mom but they don't have wings and she said that it don't matter that what I was this and what she thought I was seeing was angels. And, and then I asked the beings of light, are you angels? And they said to me, we are what you want us to be. So that's the compassion of the universe. It manifests to us in the way that we can understand it, that, that, now, that we can make sense of it. Yes. Now, Ingrid, you said you're a mom. Um, how yes. Was, is it one or more children? Just one. One. A boy or a girl? 
he's a boy. His name is David, and he's 11 now. Now, has he exhibited any um, psychic abilities, or I mean, does he understand where what you can see and and where you're at? Yes, he does. He's he's incredible, incredibly sensitive being. I mean, the conversations with him are are crazy because <laughs> we're so connected, and and he's so filled with wisdom. He's, and he's natural, natural for him. He's he's always seen me the way I am, but he just, through time, I have learned so much from him, because he is now my my, my view, my, my part of like, oh, I understand why I went through when I was little, because I see him developing as this very sensitive being, with so much clarity. He brings this knowledge, and sometimes I just get shocked by the things that he said. So, he's yes, the, he, he's he, amazing. He's part of the generation that's either going to save the world or not because things are becoming desperate and environmentally and politically and every in every way so uh, we have to put a lot of faith in in that generation coming up do you yes. do you um yes. um do you uh, where, what do you think about the future of the earth i mean how do you feel things are going now i think that that this a lot of change is going on. I think, like, like there's been so much pain and so much suffering for so long that we're starting to now knock the door to ask the questions why this is happening. Why all this suffering? Why this is happening to us? Who am I? Why is all this about? Why is this all for? Once we start asking these questions, then we're opening the door answers we're not Did, just living the life as as just we're, we're being we're being moved but what is just happening with no consciousness at all now we're starting to awakening in the question and and, and asking and, and looking for answers and realizing that you know this is not the way there has to be a better way what and prompted you to humanity. write your book did the beings of light ask you to you know, this was this was actually amazing because I always thought that I wasn't never going to write anything <laughs> about me. I was like, no. I thought actually that was egotistic, and it's amazing how actually all this is propelling us to 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 give and to do and to move forward. So what happened is that there was a point in my life where so much suffering had happened. Because I, I felt very different from everybody else. And there was a point in my life that I lowered my vibrational frequency, kind of got disconnected, and started to live a life of a lot of suffering and, and reached the point where I pretty much wanted to die. I, 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 I wanted to just leave this world. I, I, I touched buttons. And at that moment, I, I asked the being so lie, I asked the universe, please give me light, give me the clarity I need. And all the synchronicities played together for me to go to meet uh, this amazing psychologist. And he, he, he was a person with so much clarity. And, and I sat there and I started to tell little, little by little stories and see if he would get a book or something. And he wasn't. 
he was so open that I was able to tell the next thing and go to the next level and the next level until he said one day, Ingrid, look, what about you? You write a list of all your sufferings. And that way you can do this work of, of, of writing and getting it out. This is cathartic. And I'm like, okay, well, all right, let's write. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, okay. So I, I wrote all these leaves, and the leaves went on and on and on and on, and it was so long that when we read it together, he said, look, Ingrid, in my 37 years of practice, I have never met anyone that has suffered this much and is mentally stable. Wow. I was in shock. I'm like, what? So I told him, like, at that moment, feeling just so shocked, I said, why me? Why did this happening to me? And he well, gave me the words at that moment that I needed to hear. That was the switch that changed everything. He said to me, why not? Ah, very good. <laughs> that was Ingrid, amazing. Yes. It, unfortunately, we are, we are out of time for today. But uh, I'd like you to tell the audience how they can find your website and where they can get your book. Yes, yes. Uh, my website is uh, ingridhonkala.com, and my book can be found on Amazon. And, okay. yeah, I encourage all of you to read it because it's an easy read with, with a, a really high impact. It, it can help people that is in the path of trying to get out of the, the loop of suffering and yes. see beyond their pain. Terrific. Thanks again, Ingrid, for telling us your fascinating story. If listeners would like to hear this show again or any of our past shows, just go to our website at nderadio.org and hit the Past Shows button. And for information about IANS, go to their website at IANS.org and be with us again next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is your host, Lee Whitting, saying thanks for listening. <laughs>